What's up, guys? Welcome to RA Radio. I am Evan. And I'm Rome. And today we are talking to Jay Therian, our first two-time RA Radio guest. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. He is our first two-timer. He is, and it was a great <laughs> conversation. We talk about a lot of cool stuff from energy and dealing with the pandemic and sort of how to set yourself up for success in 2021. As we're recording this, it's right before the end of the year, which is it's crazy. I know I said it last time, but it's like, it feels like just yesterday we were here for New Year's going into 2020. So excited to see what this year holds. Hopefully uh, you guys can take some, some good stuff out of this. I know I did that it's going to affect my approach to the new year and hopefully it will affect you as well. I agree. I think this is a great episode for people to listen to to start out a year because you're really going to get some um, guidelines in terms to how to measure your own personal energy and where you might be lacking in certain buckets of energy um, that you can improve on. And I think it's great to listen to, work through, do some self-exploring, see what's going on with yourself and kind of set up your goals from the year from there. Um, and Jay does make himself available at the end of this episode where you can reach out and contact him if you want to talk to him more thoroughly through the topics that we discuss. But um, listen to the episode, check it out, and really kind of um, plan out your year accordingly. Yeah, and if energy sounds a little abstract and woo-woo, you know, what we're really talking about is a system for looking at your life and looking at sort of a, a pyramid of priorities. And we've done that in different ways, but going through, you know, physical energy, mental energy. And so looking at our health, looking at our headspace, looking at our emotional intelligence and looking at how we give back. And that if those things are put into alignment, it will allow you to function well in the world. And I think one of the nice things that we talk about with this year is that as a lot of things got taken off the table, it's a good opportunity to start with a clean slate into going into the next year and go, okay, let's look at the foundation. Let's look at the next piece. I know that's a lot of what I'm doing in my personal life, my training life, my schedule for the day, my plan for my business and just going like, this is a good chance to really restart. And I think Jay gives a good framework for you to start to look at that at whatever level is interesting you in your life. Absolutely. I agree. Cool. Well, let's get right into this one. No announcements. Have a great 2021. Thank you for being a part of the gym and for listening to the show. And we'll see you guys next year. Yeah, let's see you in the gym. year has looked like a dumpster fire like it has for most people but i i think the um i, I trying to stay positive i think uh you know my fitness has significantly increased this year everybody stayed healthy um we had a few curveballs as a family one of our um our eight-year-old daughter was diagnosed as a type 1 diabetic um back in i want to say that was may or june um which was actually kind of a relief because as weird as that is to say because we didn't know what was going on um, it was just these random symptoms and, you know, we, we, at least we have an answer and it's completely manageable and, and, um, you know, it's, it, it actually, I was saying this to Rome and I might've been talking about this with you, Evan, I don't remember, but I, it's, it's actually forced me to think completely, uh, like 180 in terms of nutrition, like, okay, how many carbohydrates are in this? Like, yeah. you know, there's the joke that you count carbs, like it's like your life depends on it. We have to count carbs because her life literally depends on it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, well, I mean, maybe that might be a little bit drastic, but her health definitely. So yeah, it's one of those, like, that was a, a bit of a sucker punch to the gut at first. And then we were like, okay, you know what? Like, let's think about this positively. We're not traveling. We're not going anywhere for work. She's not in school. Like we've got some time to figure this out. Um, 
and it's scary and it's weird, but you know, we, we will get there. And, and I think that all of these things have been these like life lessons, um, that, I just remember for years, people would always say to me, and a, a good friend of mine is, um, is a reverend and he's like, you know, nothing happens that is, is everything that's happening is testing you and it's nothing that you can't handle. And I was just like, yeah, whatever. And I think as I get older and these things happen, I'm like, here's another test. Yeah. Here's another like, Hey, you have to pay attention to this. Um, mm. your brain needs to focus on this and this is going to help you and it's going to help your family and it's going to help those you care about. So, um, so it's been a little bit of a, a weird year. Um, but in the context of everything else, like I said, man, Generally, everybody's been healthy aside from that. Um, and, uh, you know, we haven't had any massive effects of, of COVID or any of the lockdowns. And, and we've gotten to spend some cool time with our kids that we normally wouldn't have been able to spend with them. So, yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's a great outlook that. on the year in terms of especially with running to, into a situation with a family member being diagnosed with something like that. You're, you're taking advantage of this opportunity to have a have a controlled time frame right hey we have this time together let's figure this out while we have the time you're not running out and going to meetings all across the country and either is your wife right now so you guys can figure it out and i think that's a great mindset to have yeah and it, it's just it and it helps our other two daughters like um you know daily our oldest who's now officially as of like two days ago training with yosh which i'm psyched about because she was doing like the penguin walk yesterday i was awesome. like your hamstring sourced like yeah it's awesome. um of like she's like I, I i loved it but at the same time i totally understand why you were hobbled around the last couple of years I'm like, yep, you'll get you'll get past this this too shall pass but you know the they it's forced them into a leadership role in our family not that they weren't before but it's like you guys have to learn how to deal with this because if mom or dad are at the store or we're at work and Charlotte's sugars drop, you need to know what to do. If her sugars spike, you need to know what to do. If she passes out, you need to know what to do. And and it was really scary. I mean, 13 yeah. and 16, it was really scary for them too. But um it's 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 made us tighter and and um yeah, all the, all those certain all those things we just talked about. I mean, uh, the timing and everything else is 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 pretty awesome. So well, absolutely. And I mean I'm very fortunate that I get to spend two hours a week with you. Um training online virtually but we get two hours a week to chat together so i've been pretty up to date with what you've got going on <laughs> um but yeah. leading into today's talk i like a question that evan asked a lot of people where if you were at a bar jay and you had to explain to somebody what you do what do you do for work uh i talk a lot i argue with people and i make them better at what they do all right well there we go we can talk <laughs> argue and hopefully you'll make me better yeah <laughs> yeah hopefully the arguing is demin is it has been slightly diminished i think my demeanor has changed especially um you know taking a step back and reflecting more this year but uh yeah so the the longer version of it is i'm a consultant i run a consulting firm inside of an asset management company um and i just focus on business and professional growth and then i have an outside Coaching business um, in Rome. I've done some work with you and some of the coaches yep. at, at uh, RA uh, in the past as well. So I focus on energy, focus on uh, communication, collaboration, leadership, written some books on, on all those topics and um, really just have fun with the human behavioral component of it, which we talked about, I think, a little bit in last season's uh, podcast. But that was, I think, more about my kind of personal journey and, yeah. and some of those random stories, which I think it was like a year ago now, wasn't it? Yeah. It was More right after that. Christ it's over a year ago at this point, as crazy as that is. Yeah. It was after like the Christmas vacation row-a-thon or whatever. I think like, I think yeah. Evan, you had just done the bike maybe or something. Yeah. 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 So it would have been like Thanksgiving last year. Yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. 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 Crazy Insane. how time flies, right? Definitely crazy, man. So I feel like a question that I had is 
I really like that you've found sort of the the silver lining in this year. And I think Rome and I have talked some and we each have our own perspective on that. You know, definitely a roller coaster of a year, but lots of positive things. I'm curious outside of just like the general getting to be with family, getting to focus on your health. Have there been any big mindset, perspective, um, purpose, intention shifts in your life in the last year? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, absolutely. Uh, so the answer is yes. The short answer is yes. The long answer is you guys know I love to talk. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. I, I, I think about, I thought about it through the lens of, um, through the lens of energy because in my day job and I was asked, our, our president came to myself and my partner and said, hey, our clients are freaking out right now. Um, you know, we're in an industry that's face-to-face, you know, hand-to-hand combat as we always like to call it. And everybody's locked down. Like nobody can go into offices, whatever. They're panicked. They don't know how to use the online tools. Their people are floundering. They're worried about getting sick. Like what in the hell can we do for these people that is not like, hey, here's how you talk about investment planning. Um, so that forced me to take a step back and think about like, okay, what's all of, like what, what can we help those folks with? And we focused it around energy management and especially for sustainability, like resilience and longevity, and which ties in, I think, right into the, the theme of the podcast that you guys are doing this season, mm-hmm. right? Um, and how do you help people reset their brains and refocus their energy? And, and the analogy that I've been using is putting your oxygen mask on first. And that might sound somewhat insensitive given the COVID, you know, breathing apparatus sure. necessary and whatever. But um when you take that from the stance of when you get on a plane, remember when we used to get on airplanes? Those were fun. <laughs> Long days, time right? ago. Never, never thought I would miss getting on a freaking <laughs> metal tube at 37,000 feet and getting shot across the sky at 500 plus miles an hour. Um, but during the safety warmups or in the, in the, you know, as they're getting everything ready and, and the flight attendants are giving you the, the safety warnings there, which most of us put our headphones on and don't listen to. They say, in the case of uh, pressure change and the oxygen mask deploy, put the mask on yourself first before you put it on those that you're traveling with and caring for. And I think about that through the lens of like what it's forced me to do and to try to help other people to do is take a step back and take care of yourself because all of the demands, whether it be professionally or personally, you have people who are counting on you. And if you don't have the oxygen, if you don't have the energy to be who you need to be or more importantly, who they need you to be, it's useless. Like you're just going to completely burn yourself out. And um, so we've been focusing a lot on that this year. And that's caused me to take a step back and say, you know what? I don't need to spend, I I value minutes more than I value miles. I used to be that guy. I was like, I'm going to go on a miles run. I'm going to go to Santa Fe. I'm going to hit San Francisco. I got to get my medallion status. (laughs) uh, You know, right now I'm just like, screw all that. I, I don't care about any of that. Like it's pretty awesome that I can be doing what I do now and go upstairs and high five my kids and have lunch with them after I get done talking to you guys. Like that's not a normal Wednesday for me. Yeah. Um, But I hope it is going forward at least, you know, 30, 40% of the time. So those are some of those things that have really, you know, in the midst of all this through the lens of how can I help other people have caused me to take a step back and say, all right, like, and, and yes, the physical realm of it sure is, is what I like to call the base of that pyramid. So that's a lot of the fitness and the things, Rome, that you and I work on twice mm-hmm. a week in our counseling, se- I mean, training <laughs> sessions. Um, but uh, there's a lot more to it than that. And, and that's caused me to really reflect on how do I keep my emotional energy up, my spiritual energy up, my mental energy up. Um, and uh, I've reprioritized a lot of stuff in my life, uh, which has been an eye opener for me. 
Um, I really think I've, I was saying this to somebody earlier. I think I've grown probably five to seven years in the last 10 months. Sure. I, just, I don't just doubt that in, at all. In terms of my own maturity. Um, yeah, it's crazy. That makes a lot of sense, man. Are you familiar with Simon Sinek? Absolutely. Power of why. Yeah. People don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. I was just listening mm-hmm. to uh, one of his talks on his book, Leaders Eat Last. And it was mm-hmm. sort of, I think, similar in some ways, but talking, one of the things he brought up was this idea of the sort of role of alphas in a social situation and this idea that like you get put in a position so that when threat comes, you'll put yourself on the line for the rest of the pack. And that a lot of the social anxiety towards leaders now is this fundamental disbelief or, or belief that, that the leaders will not. That like no one's mad that Jeff Bezos makes a lot of money. They're mad that Jeff Bezos makes a lot of money and they don't think that he has their best interests in mind and is going to go to bat for them if things go bad. Sure. And I think to what you're saying, like it totally makes sense that it's like our, our job isn't just to be successful or leaders or trainers. It's to, to be the best we can be and then be able to support the people around us and, and uh, you know, that, that we're related to, but that requires you actually having the capacity for that. And if you're constantly at the edge of exploding, basically, that if someone, you know, comes and whether it's a pandemic or, or whatever else happens and you're not able to carry that, you've, you've failed, you know, your, your job in that situation is to be the person who can take that on, but it requires keeping yourself in a position where you actually are capable of that. Yeah. And, and, and that's a, and I love Simon Sinek. He's a great, um, he's a great guy. He's tons of great content and, and a really good thinker in that, in that regard. And I agree hundred percent. So there's a lot of, a lot of similarities in, in what we teach for that reason. And also, you know, from that angle, I, I take a look back at my year in 2019 or 2018 or 17 or what have you. Right. And I think back to, you know, I'm a leader in my community. I help run a nonprofit music school in Springfield. You guys know that, which is, uh, you know, a good chunk of my time outside of my, my day-to-day and my family. And then obviously as a father of three beautiful kids, like, dude, I would come home from traveling and I would pass the F out on the couch. Like, what good am I to my kids, yeah. right? They're like, hey, dad, you know, like all they want to do is like show me what they did that day or show me a funny video or like play with me. Um, and I'm like snoring on the couch while we're watching... Yeah. Gilmore girls or whatever the hell they're yeah. right. Like, like, so useless, you know, and, and I, oh, I can't go to the board meeting on Friday cause I have to drive up to Boston and talk somebody off the ledge, you know, literally or figuratively. Um, or I, I can't go because I'm completely sacked on energy and I'm just going to phone this one in like yep. useless because I couldn't manage my own capacity and my own energy to be the person that all these individuals need me to be. Um, and I, I tried to do too much. You know, you think about the leadership, you were getting into the leadership styles and the behaviors. If you go back to Marston, William Marston, um, and Rome, you and the coaches, we put them through DISC what, a year or so ago, you yep. know, which is his methodology. He looks at those four um, behavioral styles, if you will, but energy styles around dominance. So like, do you just charge forward and want to solve problems? Are you more influential in terms of that people, which is what a lot of folks view these quote unquote leaders as, right? Like they're people, people, and they care sure. about the people. Great. Um are you more steady? So are you more about the status quo and creating an environment or stable environment for people to perform? Or are you more compliant or conscientious in terms of doing what you said you were going to do? And you can't just pick one. All of us have varying degrees of natural energy hardwired in our DNA in each of those four areas. You're not going to put like Bezos doesn't, I'm sure he's been through something like that, but it's not like publicized on amazon.com. You can't like click and say, let's look at our you know CEO's 
behavioral tendencies. Yeah, it's it's not public information. He might be a guy that is super conscientious about the environment um, or super influential and not paying attention to all those other details. And it's it, but you're often judged, especially when you're in a public you know, you're a public figure like he is mm. worth. God only knows how much money now. However many um, billions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, Ranking yeah, up by I mean, a couple billion uh, a day. No. There's bill there's billions on billions on billions of dollars, you know, um, out there, which kudos to him, man. Twenty some odd years ago, I was hesitant to buy a book off of his initial website. One hundred percent. Everything in my house comes from I think I have one of their trucks out in my driveway right now, dropping off stuff <laughs> that I probably didn't even know I needed. Statistically, yeah. Well, and that's I was just reading something about that actually, which is, you know, it's always one of those hindsight's twenty twenty, but it was the the investment propositions where everyone was like, you're crazy to think you can beat Borders and Barnes and Noble at selling books. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> or you just beat everyone at everything yeah, and then right? eat the postal beat service who? and then eat, you know, retail beat, as yeah. you know it. Literally reinvent beat, beat the who? way we yeah. buy, buy yeah. anything. Yeah. It's you know, my, my, my 13 year old loves Barnes and Noble and, and we're big fans of going in there because the, she's a huge reader. She's like her mother. I'm more of a picture guy. Um, <laughs> But I am. I did. I did set a goal over this two week vacation to finish. Um, Ernest Cline had Ready Player One, which is a very famous science cool. fiction novel around you know video games and pop culture. They have Ready Player Two that came out right after Thanksgiving, so I was like, I'm going to finish that book before the end of um, my vacation, and I'm pretty close to. I was say, how's but, it coming? Uh, it's coming great, man. I actually got into it and started ripping through it. And I was like, I need to stop because I'm going to finish this in like one sitting, Dude, which is exactly what thing. happened in the first book. I read it, I think on vacation on the beach, literally in a day, and then went back and reread it before the week was over. And I was like, damn. Right. Um, anyway, so yeah, no, that's uh, that, that whole, you know, and I, when, when we look at, whether it be leadership or energy or whatever. I mean, there's just so many things that are called into question. And I think in the midst of this crazy year of 2020, people are looking for answers anywhere they can find them, yep. right? So stuff like what you're talking about with Bezos or with any of these other leaders or what are they doing? Or, you know, there's all these conspiracy theories of all these people that are supposedly in power positions or what's happening. I mean, to Rome, I think back to some of the conversations we've had the past nine months training over Zoom. Like we've had some really, you and I explore some of those rabbit holes yeah. just because we think it's fun. And there's um, crazy shit out there right now. There's I mean, there's so stuff. many different things going on right now in the world where you can get sucked down one of those rabbit holes pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy. But dude, I love um, it that uh, you found this year to kind of optimize your own personal energy and optimize the way that you handle your business out of necessity and hopefully we'll carry a lot over there, that into the future. If you had to mm. give advice to any of our listeners on what steps they might want to take to help optimize their energies, where would they even start with that? What do you think they should do? Uh, that's a really good question. You know, it, there's... Um, I, I think the the assessment, the self-assessment of where your energy is, is pretty easy. If you're listening to this right now and you're like, my energy sucks. Like sure. <laughs> we are, we are pretty amazing uh, machines in the sense that we can self heal and we can also self assess. So anybody listening to this right now that doesn't need coffee and is in the middle of the afternoon and is ready to fire up and do 10 other things probably doesn't have an energy issue, at least at the given moment, as long as they're not highly caffeinated. Um, 
But uh, for most of us, we realize that, yeah, you know, I hit that like three o'clock lull or I hit these things that have become these societal norms, which is total bullshit. Sure. Um, you know, you should be able, I'm not saying you're going to be a game show host, right? You're not Chuck Woolery for the entire day. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. that just doesn't happen. But you should have the energy that you need to, to go through those tasks and how you can prioritize. So when I think about energy management, especially for longevity, um, I know this is hard to picture when you're listening to this, but I ask, always ask folks to like get out, if you put your hand down on a piece of paper, get a pen, piece of paper and a pen. So if you really want to play along, I'll go through this a little bit slower than I normally probably would just cool. for the sense of folks that are listening. Um, Rome, I, I don't want you to draw or write. I was yes. looking around. For, I was but like, I, do I, I have see a piece you, of paper? I see you put do your I hand down. Yeah, that's, that's funny. <laughs> um, so if you put your hand down, your non-dominant hand, so if you're right hand, put your left hand down on a piece of paper and just draw an outline around your hand, your open hand, which will give you a pyramid good enough to write in. Um, and essentially, I, I teach it in the sense of that pyramid and how the foundation of it builds you know, to the other levels of energy. So the first level, if you were to kind of write on the baseline, if you drew a triangle around the outside of you know, that shape of your hand there, is the physical energy realm. Gotcha. And that one, I think, is the most common to and most directly applicable realm to you. And, and I know, Evan, I know your journey and all the great stuff you've done over the years to focus on your health and your fitness and whatever. So like you guys have this one pretty well locked down, but most people don't. Yeah. Um, most of the people listening to this who, who, you know, are part of the RA fam have this one pretty well in check, but there's always still room for improvement. But when I'm talking to folks, um, especially those of you that are listening are like, Oh, I have that friend or that family member that are just like, Oh, you know, do I just need to like throw a bunch of money at a personal trainer? No offense. No, you don't. Like really what you need to do is, is, is get that base physical energy realm really rock solid because everything else builds upon that. And I use the analogy of a car and I say, you know, so our bodies are high performance machines, right? So when you think about that and that high performance sports car has an amazing engine in it, right? And that engine is our heart. So we need to rev that engine three to five times a week. So get out there, get above your target heart rate and you can do, and you guys could give the advice or Rome, sure. you could give the advice better than me. But even if you did the 220 minus your age, found your max, right? And then you want to get to what, 70, 80% of your, your max heart rate. Like get out there, jog, move. You don't have to do anything super crazy. You don't have to do this stuff we were just doing an hour and a half ago in my garage. Um, but, you know, get that heart rate up three to five times a week for 30 minutes and, and get some of that physical energy flowing. So you keep that engine from getting gummed up. And then you've got to reinforce the chassis as well, right? So you've got the, the framework for that car, which is all your strength, your pliability, all, you know, even yoga, things like that, yeah. right? So getting that two to three times a week um, and, and really, <clears throat> excuse me, working through reinforcing that chassis will help in terms of that physical, like the fitness component of that energy realm. So I'll, I'll talk about it in layman's terms that way because, you know, it, most folks are like, yeah, it makes total sense. I'm like get off your ass, move, you know, body in motion yeah. stays in motion for a reason. It's all about oscillation. We're part of the natural harmonic energy balance, right? I don't want to get too crazy. I'm not a yogi or anything, but like we are part of a moving universe. We need to freaking move. So handle that part from the fit, you know, the physical realm. And then it comes down to nutrition and sleep to round yeah. out that. Right. So which are huge, the lean, which, which are huge. And, and just, I will admit, and we were literally talking about this today. That's still the thing that I struggle with. Um, and it's, and I find the lean sources of protein and those sorts of things. And I eat well and I'm not gaining weight, but I'm not losing weight nearly as fast as I was before, which tells me that I'm basically, my calorie in calorie out is pretty much a dead even tie <laughs> most days. Um, 
I'll do what we did today. And, you know, like tonight I'll like, oh crap, I'll have a treehouse beer. What the sure. hell? And I'm like, well, that's an extra couple hundred calories. I probably didn't need, I could probably cut that out, but, um, cleaning up your diet and then the sleep component of it, um, was the one, and we've talked about this. We might've talked about this in the past. This, that was the biggest game changer for me. Sleep I was huge, the guy that man. was like, dude, I'll go to bed at two, wake up at six 30. I'll be fine. I'm I'll burning on both I'm professional. Ends. Let's fucking roll. Like I've again, I work in an industry that, you know, <laughs> eats these pansies for lunch. Like we don't need to sleep. We'll sleep when we're dead. It's like, well, yeah, you're going to be dead a lot sooner if yeah. you don't freaking sleep, you moron. And a lot and less I, I was that guy. So, um, you know, seven, eight hours, seven to eight hours of sleep, you know, optimal, um, I had sleep apnea, had that diagnosed, got the help with that massive game changer. So in terms of the physical realm, those are some very basic things that, again, most of the folks listening to this already practicing what we're preaching in that regard, but I'll, I'll talk about it in that level. But it's and always then, good to have a reminder as you're saying, Hey guys, if you're having a hard time managing your energy, this is where you start. Let's go through this checklist. Let's figure this back out again. I was uh, not to start a tangent, but I was super surprised. I saw something Yosh posted about Cam Newton's schedule or whatever. Yeah. And it was like, mm. goes to bed at 11, wakes up at four 30. And I was like, how are NFL athletes sleeping for five and a half hours? I, I would die. Well, look at our season. We yeah, I guess. Suck. Look at our season. <laughs> fucking, fucking six wins because of it. I mean, right. And I, th- I saw Joe made the comment about like, I read something that you probably shouldn't drink your first cup of coffee in the first hour if you wake up. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But like this dude went to, goes to bed and sleeps like four hours and then wakes up and then has this like crazy day, starts super yeah. early and, and he's not performing. Yeah. So is it What's his schedule? On? Is it his mental game? Like he's a cocky son of a bitch. We, we, as all we all know. That. Yeah. You know, like, and, and I thought, I don't know why, but I thought not to go down this rabbit hole, but I thought, you know, when you saw those videos of him training in his house, but then he's like, you guys made a mistake. I'm like, he still hasn't learned. Yep. You know, like you, you want to show the video of you training and you turn to the camera. This is me. So Cam, when you, if you, and when you were listening to this, when <laughs> yeah, you right? listen to this, we get Cam Newton I'm as a, a listener. That's great. Slide, slide into my DMS. I'll, I'll give you personal coaching for free. Cause I want you to become a better athlete. The athlete you used to be. Next time you do that crap, you turn to the camera and you say, I'm still in shape. I'm still taking this serious. No days off. Whatever you want to say. But you don't say, you guys made the biggest mistake. You saying that means they didn't make a mistake. Mm. And then, you know, the first like week or two, he was here in New England and the press conferences after the game, he's like picking fights with people and shit. I'm like, dude, come on. He he is not a leader. He's not a leader. He's a leader by like you know, you guys protect me and let me do my thing. I'll be the superstar. You're yep. a superstar. Great. But you're not the leader. And yeah, you you're not be that down. Tom Brady. You're not that clubhouse. You're not pulling the glue that pulls that team together again. That's why we were so disjointed this year. Well, and so I'll, and, and, and then I'll shut up on this stupid Cam Newton Patriots <laughs> tangent, but, but this, this last game, uh, no, it wasn't this game it was last week. I think it was, uh, we lost not both the either either <laughs> well, we lost both of them. It didn't really matter. Um, I was watching it with my kids and you know, they were kind of getting disappointed and I rewound and made them watch a series again. So he had gotten sacked and lost like 16 yards. He had a ball that was damn near intercepted and he got lucky that the, the defender dropped it. He had like two more incompletes. Somebody you know, he kind of bailed himself out a little bit and then he made a play with his legs and gained six yards and got up and did the Superman thing. Yep. And I was like, I rewound it. I was like, hey, girls, just tell me what's wrong with this. Sure. And I give my 16-year-old all the credit in the world. She's like, why is he making the Superman gesture after he just lost 25 yards and only gained six of them back? Good for her, man. Mm -hmm. Good for her to see that. 
fucking like, oh, look at me. I made this amazing play. You made one amazing play after seven shit plays that ended up losing the series and we lost the game by like 20. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yep. So he's all about himself. And that's, and I, and again, I think he, so like he's got his physical in, in, in damn good shape. I mean, yep. dude, he's what, six, eight, two, fifty five or something. Like he can run still. Yeah. He can throw. Awesome. Like he's got that base of that pyramid together, but that dude, that's where it ends okay. for him. His Quite leadership frankly. abilities are just not there. His is yeah, could you, definitely not there. Could you say that he's playing? He's almost playing too small a game. Like he's playing his own game of like I made a run where I did well. I got myself in shape. You guys made a mistake. It's like it's so in this micro world that he's not looking truly at the whole game and at the whole season and at the team and the pieces to go. That he's he's too in his own little world. I, I yeah, and I think you know again, it's all about him. It's not about the team. Mm. Um, you know, when you, he recently, and he's probably getting coached. If you go back and watch his press conferences from the first couple of weeks, it was, I, 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 I haven't had enough time to learn the plays, but I did this and I did that. And I'm glad that we, and he finally throwing a we at the end. In the last couple of weeks, it was like, you know, we did this, we did that. We need to be better. And now he's finally turning the eye back around to say, I need to be better. I need to execute better. But his context is still about himself, whether or not, you know, because I have friends that are like, you know, at least he's taken he's taken the the fall for it. Like he's you know admitting his own faults. I'm like, yeah, but the problem is he's still only looking at his performance. Sure, right? Like he's not. You, what was the difference in a Tom Brady press conference? Like we need to be better. We need to execute those plays better. Yep. We need to do this. We did this. We did that. And, you know, like, and of course he had all those amazing press conferences of like, Hey Tom, you threw for 500 yards or whatever. He's like, yeah, well we, we executed our game plan today. We, we kicked ass uh, and we had a lot of fun out there. That home, that dude hardly ever said the word I yep. like, it's a totally different perspective. And, and everybody's like, Oh, is Jimmy G coming back? Well, fuck. I hope so. Because you watch his press conferences. It's all about we as well. It's not about his individual achievements and a dude like Cam, I, I read um, he could have made what eight million this year, and he made like three and a quarter. Yep, yep. I you mean, know, I, like, I asked that question the other day in terms of how many of those bonus incentives did he actually end up hitting uh, throughout the, the year. He only hit the eighty to ninety percent play ones. Mm. He didn't hit the he didn't hit the postseason. Yep. He didn't hit any of his passing metrics. He didn't hit any of those other ones. So he lost. He could have he could have earned like almost eight million. And I think I was wow. reading that if he played if he started. Uh, the other night, which he did, and then if he starts next week and plays eighty percent of the game, then he'll get like three, three and a quarter. Which, again, which is great. You know, it's a lot. Which is still money. great. I mean, shit, I'll take it if he doesn't want it. I got plenty <laughs> of ideas where I could put the money uh, to work. But um, yeah, it's just great, I and mean, that's the mentality. But again, you know, a physical specimen, so the guy can get out there and he can run and he can lift. And and I think to your point, Evan, it was all about like, I need to prove every, all the critics wrong that I still have game left in me. Right. I can still lift. I can still run. I can still throw. I can still make the throw. You really can't throw though. I mean, he's, his completion percentage was bad. His throwing touchdown, his, like that was one of the incentives. Like he barely threw for any, he ran for 11, which is great. But a lot of those were inside the five. So, yep. you know, Just he's, a, quick, he's short another runs. tailback back there at, at 6'8", 255. Like, good luck stopping that guy if he comes at you. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it, so, um, but I think, you know, the, the thing that I always look at above the physical energy realms, if you think back to that pyramid, is then you go up the next level to the mental energy, which is where I think, and again, I'm not dissecting Cam Newton or picking on him individually, even though I kind of am picking on him. Um, <laughs> 
that's where his game falls short, right? So like having the physical energy is great so that you can stay upright and you can come home from work or you can show up to an event or whatever it is and be the leader or be the person that you need to be, team member, what have you. Um, but then there's this mental focus. Like how do you keep your mental skills sharp? And that's what people have been struggling with this year in the yeah. pandemic, right? Because look, it's not lost on me. I'm the guy who, Rome and I were just saying this and I'll just share some inside conversation. Like we all tested negative for the second time in a week. Um, not that we had any exposure. We were doing asymptomatic testing at UMass. Another family that lives around the corner from us, some of our closest friends did the same thing. We're all negative. We're like, do we do New Year's tomorrow with each other? Or like, should we not go inside somebody else's house? Because that is a high risk situation. And even though we're negative, what if? And you're like, Jesus, the fact that I have to think about that. Um, Like you got to keep your mental skills and your logic and your reasoning sharp. So a lot of folks aren't mentally challenged because they feel like they're just staring at a plastic screen or a green dot or white dot or whatever color it is on your webcam and you're just yep. talking to random people. Um, so that mental energy drains significantly. They need to be challenged. I'm, I have to, again, I, I'm in this two-week period where I took two weeks off, save for some stuff I had to do on Monday and some other stuff I had to do last week, but tiny little interactions. I actually scheduled those in because if I just had two weeks with no work, my mental skills would just fall off a cliff, right? Like I want a period of, of reprise where I don't feel like I have to be challenged that day. I just want to wake up, slam, you know, breakfast and a cup of coffee, go take the dog for a walk, goof off with the kids, play some video games, fart a bunch of times, maybe drink a beer and go to bed. Like that's it. But it's a fucking banner day. Right. (laughs) But if I do that for 14 days, Come yeah. January 4th, when I try to re-engage in the workplace, I'm going to be like, you know, half brain dead. So we have to, you know, I have to go through those mental sca- ch- um, challenges. Like uh, that's where some of those like puzzling and, 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 you know, mind game type things you can do like Sudoku or any of those sorts of yeah. things like have proven from a longevity perspective that that keeps your brain sharp. I think of my dad in his seventies, like we intentionally give him those puzzles and like building model trains and things that force your brain to logically think about how the world works and how things fit together. So finding those challenges, taking on those challenges head on and attacking the roots of some of those, those issues is a a key thing to re um, replenishing that mental energy. Because when you think about us as human beings, over 40% of our population are hardwired to be non-confrontational. Yep. Right. So if I know there's an issue between, and there, by the way, everyone listening, there's no issue between Rome and I, but if there's an issue between Rome and I, I'm not going to call it out. I'm just like, yeah, man, I still train with the dude. He's still my, you know, he's still my workout partner slash trainer. Like I'm totally going to go to the gym, whatever. I'm just not going to hang out with him outside of there. And then every time I see him mentally, that builds up and builds up and builds up. It's like, we just need to sit down and figure out what's yep. going on and, and attack the root of those, those challenges. So whether it be business or personal lives, we all just kind of tend to shy away from that confrontation and don't realize that that sacks our mental energy massively. Our brain is constantly that supercomputer, right? So if, if you t- think about the chassis and, and, and the heart, you know, kind of the analogy of the car, our brain's the supercomputer. It controls the temperature, it controls yeah. the performance, it can literally shut the damn thing down, it controls all the electricity, all the sensors, you name it, right? It keeps that car moving forward. If we short circuit that thing, we're done. Right. Or if we, you know, if we let it get out of whack, out of alignment, and we're not processing the way that we need to process, then we're just 
constantly allowing it to just generate, you know, computation after computation and eventually it's going to burn itself out. So mental energy is really, really difficult in the best ways that um, I can, you know, have tell folks to replenish some of those things are first, you need to know whether or not you're an introvert or an extrovert. Okay. Quite honestly, it's the easiest way to do it. I mean, you can get into the more scientific, like the Marston stuff, but for the average population, I just ask you, I just give you a scenario, right? You go to a party, you go to a New Year's Eve party. Let's pretend COVID didn't happen. Actually, you know what's even better than that? Let's pretend that everyone's vaccinated, regardless of whether you believe in the vaccinations, regardless of whether you believe in COVID, whatever. The world is back to, we. It's like it's like the Death Star just blew up and we're all dancing like Ewoks on Endor, Okay. Like the world is back to normal, everybody, and we're throw a freaking raging party. You come down to the gym, everybody's there, we're drinking, we're smashing weights, we're fucking doing all kinds of crazy shit. It's right? a dangerous You're there for party. Hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a par- it's happening, we're already planning it if you guys couldn't tell. But, <laughs> so, so this massive party happens. You leave that party and you're either A, ready to go to another party, and have fun or go home and like clean the house or whatever, or B, you're like, I got to go straight to bed. Sure. So you're in there, you're socializing, you're having a blast. If you're fired up and ready to go and take on another task or go to another party or go to somebody else's house and have a, a nightcap or a post party, you're an extrovert. You are pulling your energy from being around other individuals and they are literally feeding your energy to stay upright. It's not the booze, it's your brain. Gotcha. If you go home and you're like, and Rome, I know exactly what camp you're in. I'm going home you're going to, you're going to go home and you're like, Kate, you got the kids. I got to pass this See out ya. because seven fifteen guys got to go. <laughs> like I love everybody. And I had a blast seeing everybody for the last couple hours, but I am done. Yep. It takes a lot of your mental energy to be that outward personality. Not that it's, it, and it's not a, it's not a competence thing. Yep. Right. It's just how your brain's wired. Right. So if you're an extrovert, you need to get those social situations, which is really challenging in a pandemic. This is where your distance walking, your distance workouts. I mean, you guys have done a fantastic job at the gym with the, you know, the the stuff taped off and everybody masking and, you know, like everybody stayed safe. That's fantastic. Doors are open, right? Go to a group workout class, go on a walk with your friends and stay distant, you know, do what we're doing now, even over zoom or those things. Like I was saying to people, like I was going through my phone and just FaceTiming people I hadn't talked to in a while. And I was praying that they would answer. Most of them did. (laughs) That's awesome. And they're like, Hey, Hey man, is everything okay? I'm like, yeah, I just miss seeing your face. Like, how are you doing? Um, that level of interaction because you draw your energy off of other people, even if you can't physically be face to face is going to replenish your mental energy there. And on the, on the flip side, if you're more introverted and you're like, well, shit, all right. Like the social stuff is good and I'm totally cool with that, but I do need to go curl up in a corner somewhere, get a book, listen to a podcast, put on some headphones and just zoom out, zoom out, like zone out. Jesus, it took me four words. <laughs> That's to get right. the right Sponsored by it. Microsoft. We're bringing back the Zune. <laughs> We're bringing back the Zune, baby. Um, remember those things? Oh, I think I still have one somewhere. Um, but the coming out of the technology rabbit hole, um, like you need that that self-reflecting, self-help time, right? By yourself. And it's challenging, like for me and Rome, for you, right? Because we have kids that want our attention. That but that's where your partners have to be in the loop on all that sort of stuff. And again, even just that like, hey, this is what I need to focus on. Let's set a goal for how we're going to help each other out here. Um, my wife is the like life of the party and then comes home and is like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm the life of the party and I'm like, I'm grabbing another couple bottles and we're going back out. Really? Right? That's so like really I need to, I need to 
we need to balance that. Yeah. And I totally get that. Like, um, so there's some quick ways that you can, you can mentally replenish, but again, you have to really understand where you're deriving your energy from because most folks don't realize the social interaction is actually what is the most either re-energizing or depleting in terms of the mental energy that happens inside of our body. And you can look at all the, we can go down the rabbit hole of like the social media and all that other crap. Like you and I have talked about that room for, yeah. and actually Evan, we've talked about that too in the past, like all the crazy addictive personalities and the things that it's doing to our brains and the dopamine and all the reactions. Like we can go really scientific with that. But um, that by the way, is not going to replenish an extrovert's energy. Gotcha. All that's going to do is actually give you FOMO, which is real. Sure. And you're going to be like, oh, I just saw that Rome and Kate were out, you know, in the world, you know, hanging out with Evan and I'm here by myself and at I'm home. super jealous. Shit. Like, well, I, I, I want to do what they're doing, right? And why didn't they invite me? Like, then you end up down that rabbit hole and that's that's a bigger issue. But Right. Um, well, I think the really important thing that you mentioned there, because <clears throat> this is actually something that I was just exposed to in the last year or two as well, was that difference between, like, um, competency and the generation of energy. Because I think I had always viewed myself as an extrovert because I'm a, like... Uh, articulate person who does well in social situations, but that mm. to to your test of the simple test of like, do you want more of that? It's still a draining thing for me that there's only so much of it before you have to go back, and that when you yeah. start to identify that, it's even helpful just in a world where you know, say you're stuck home with your family and your significant other, knowing like, hey, I'm getting drained we're stuck in the same place, but I need to take some time for myself right now to just replenish my own energy. Um, or, or hey, I haven't been connected to you and I'm really struggling. Like, we need to to find a way to connect here. And that it's not about, like, liking being with people or not liking being with people. Because yeah. I think that's the stereotypical is, like, you're either a recluse or you like people, and that's the <laughs> introvert-extrovert thing. And making it about energy actually makes it a lot more applicable yeah. to our daily lives and even the pandemic situation, I feel like. Because I always look at it yeah. as, a, am I a learned extrovert? But I'm like, but to Jay's example of energy-wise, that makes a lot of sense. I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it's, and, and I love what you just said, Evan, right. Is, is like people, and I always say this, I caveat this when I do these sessions, training, consulting, coaching, whatever. And I'm like, listen, this is not a skill issue whatsoever. This is not a competency. This is not a person. It's, it is part of your personality, but it's part of how you're hardwired in terms of your DNA and where you either expend or deplete your energy. So we actually get numeric equations on the assessment and we see on a scale of one to a hundred where your energy well, you know, kind of lies. Gotcha. And what I say is if you expend from your, so we get kind of your natural style, which is who you are. And then you get how you adapt when you work with other people or you're in a room with other people collaborating, whatever. Right. Um, if you either go up or down by 30% or more inside of a 30% extension or suppression is healthy long-term, it's fine. Sure. So if you're not a really big influential, you know, people person, but you're in a professional role or a community role where you have to be, you can go out and you can turn on the charm and, and wow and mediate and facilitate and everybody's like, man, Evan's so great at that, blah, 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 right? Even if that's not natural who you are, if it's within you know that 30% extension, if it's over 30% extension, think about it like put it in terms of, of working out, right? Um, I just did, I had what, 50 pound dumbbells and we were doing you know, RDLs. Like if I took the 50 pound dumbbell and I held it close to my chest, how long could I hold it for? Sure. Uh, forever is the correct answer, but no, <laughs> right. But if, if Rome was like, all right, now hold the 50 pounder out as far as you can, 
how long could you hold it for? Two seconds. Well, <laughs> dude, come on. Like my arms start shaking. I drop the damn thing and hope I didn't break all my toes, right? Um, same thing with suppression. You put a basketball underwater and you hold it underwater. You can hold it for a while and eventually your arms are going to start to shake and the thing's going to pop up and break your nose, right? Yep. Like if you're overextending or oversuppressing your natural energy for longer periods of time, it's going to become a long-term health concern. It's going to manifest yep. in anxiety, depression. Um, and again, just as an, you guys know me, I'm an open book. Like I, I think I told the story in the last season. I met Rome at a concert from my favorite band in one of the most iconic venues. And I was going through a massive panic attack the entire time. Like, and yeah. that's what got me back into the gym. And the last couple of years since then, I've gotten that well under control, like to a point of almost non-existence based on paying attention to these things. It's so awesome. like, that's where we really need to think about it in terms of energy. And I like energy. I like making science the bad guy. Sure. Because Evan, like what you articulated, you, and, and by the way, I always ask questions when I'm getting to know people. Now, when people listen to this, they're probably going to stop talking to me when I can start coming to the gym again. They're going to be like, this fucking guy's analyzing me. <laughs> um, but I'm like, hey, what do you like to do? You know, and, and you, I remember one of our first conversations, you're like, oh, you know, I do all this, uh, you know, video production and really into photography and I'm very creative and I did this and I was here and I was down filming the CrossFit games and whatever. I'm like, cool. What'd you do when you came home? You're like, I wanted to hang out with my wife, get the dog and, you know, kind of go on a trail and just disconnect from things. I was like, all right. So, Again, you can do all those things and you're really good at them. And you are a personality when we're all in the gym and I can't wait till everybody can get back together and we can all high five and hug and shit. Like, like you're, you're, you're on dude, but like that's, it's not that you can't do it, but you're going to want to recharge your energy in a different way versus like, I need more of that. My people that leave those situations and are like, I need to find the next one of those so I can keep myself moving. Yeah. It's a, it's a totally different style of energy. Right. I'll be uh, really curious. And I mean, it sounds like it's set up for a lot of people needing help in the near future is when life does get turned back on and people are put back out into offices or put back out onto the road and they haven't been keeping themselves sharp, that mental edge of that. Where do they go? How do they handle? How do they deal? Hey, life is just went a whole 180 degree turn from what the last year looked like. I used to do this, but this is becoming much harder on me. What? How do I handle it? I feel like that's going to be something in the next six months to eight months that people are going to have to face. I, so along those lines, and again, this may not necessarily work for everybody, but it's worked for me. It works for a lot of people I coach. Um, I call them the 180s. So I try to find somebody who is completely opposed to me okay. in terms of how they view the world, politics, health, religion. I, it doesn't matter, sure. right? For me, it's easy because I'm a musician. So I was, I'm like, who's your favorite band? Oof, all right, you're one of my 180s, right? <laughs> like, but it, there's, there's ways that I can find people that I have a common link to that are good people, yep. but see the world completely different from me. And when I need that mental challenge, I will intentionally reach out to those individuals and not start an argument, sure. right? I was joking earlier, like I argue with people, blah, blah, blah. but like I want a, a diametrically opposed point of view. I want somebody that's like, oh yeah, well you think that's going to happen? Well, I think the complete opposite and here's why. And I'm like, sweet, let's have that conversation yeah. in, a, in a polite and professional or courteous way because that makes my like, you know, makes my brain process yeah. that logic and, and think, use both the left brain analytical side to inform and justify the things that the right brain creative side thinks is actually going to happen. Like that's what we're doing throughout the day when we're, when we're challenging ourselves mentally. And to your point, 
when you get into this mind numbing, like staring at freaking screens, I, my job is pretty cool and dynamic in the sense that I typically don't have the same exact interaction with people, you know, with multiple people, right? It's yep. there's common themes there, but everybody's different. Their businesses are different. Um, but if I don't do that for a while or those challenges are, aren't as existent, like my, my brain definitely, I fumble, I sure. struggle for words. I'm doing it now. I mean, <laughs> you know, and I, I just took like a week off. I, I, Christ, I can only imagine if, if somebody's sitting there thinking like, I haven't been challenged in a while and that happens and that happens a lot. Um, and sometimes I'll play the old devil's advocate role. Sure. Um, which is a fun thing that you can ask friends to do too, you know? So I'll do that with my friends. They're like, oh man, you know, I'm really struggling today. I was really kind of struggling to focus. And I'm like, cool. Um, let's play devil's advocate. And they're like, dude, seriously. I'm like, just give me something. Like, just talk, start talking about something and I'll just challenge you. And then you can sh shoot me down, talk me down, whatever. And we do it as friends. We do it in a polite, courteous way. And they're like, oh man, I feel so much better about it. Cause we got our brains processing. We got our, you know, thinking centers back operational and fully, or at least closer to hundred percent got the, you know, the blood pumping again, and we're ready to take on the next challenge. So that's a, a really fun thing. And I think anybody listening to this right now could close their eyes and think of one or two people that they really enjoy who see the world completely different from them. And I think this it's is not going to be hard. Super interesting concept because I think a lot of people live in the world of um, confirmation bias on their social media platforms, on their day-to-day oh, yeah. interactions where they, as you said, most people try to avoid conflict. They look for people with similar points of view where everything is always revolving around one point and they're never challenged and it really keeps their viewpoints very narrow. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, it, it, that narrowing of the viewpoint, the depletion of the mental energy, all those things kind of then get into the emotional realm, which is kind of that third Higher, that third level of Perfect. so you kind of think about physical, like you got to have the base. Sure. <laughs> you yeah, got to be physical, strong enough to hold mental, the damn thing up, and then emotional. Then you move out to mental, so we got to take care of the brain, and then the emotional, which is often misinterpreted or you know uh, as as mental. They're like, oh, you know, if I'm emotionally out of whack, it's because my brain's out of whack. Well, no, if your brain is sharp and your mental skill set is there, your brain can actually process. Again, I go back to what I said earlier. Our brains are these fascinating supercomputers, right? Sure, it's it's calculating a million possibilities and probabilities without us even thinking about it. So the freaking New Year's thing I just gave as an example. I'm like, okay, do we go over there? Do we stay outside? If we stay outside, here's the risk. If we go inside, here's the risk. If we go inside and we take our masks off, here's the risk. If I start drinking and I know the masks are going to come off, am I going to start hugging people? And what if they've been exposed? And what if our mailman has it and he just dropped off the... Like, Jesus Christ, yeah. I didn't even, I'm not even thinking about that, but my brain is. Yeah, how many fucking balls so, are in the air that your brain's struggling at once? Are in the air? You're like, whoa, what the hell? So, you know, the emotional component of it and, and the ability to make that connection with people is, is the one that has been sacked the most, um, even more than Cam Newton this year. Um, <laughs> it's like, because it's, it's that, like, how are we connecting with people and how are we keeping that emotional energy up? And the being removed from those social situations has significant emotional, you know, challenges to it. Um, we were talking about social media. I would take the social part out and just put media. Sure. So you're talking about confirmation bias. Um, you can look at recency bias. You can look at a number of all those, uh, you know, I, we can get on that rabbit hole, you know, and I talk a lot about behavioral economics and, and cognitive biases, but like without going too crazy into this, this sort of stuff, um, all those biases exist and it's either, 
you know, I want what that person has, or I see them maybe not taking it as seriously because they had another family over, or they posted a photo of a birthday party, but I didn't realize the birthday party was from two years ago. And they were posting it, reminiscing about what happened. And I think they just threw a bunch sure. of people over. Now I'm emotionally not as connected with that individual because I think they're an idiot. Sure. Right. Or, or whatever it is. I'm not speaking in specifics or maybe yep. I am. I don't know. Yep. Um, but that the, the media component of it, especially a 24 seven media news cycle, where we have phones that are buzzing in our pockets and I have one, two, three, four, five screens in my office right now. Wow. The only one that's on is the one where I'm looking at your handsome face. Um, Thanks, but buddy. other than that, the, uh, you know, the other ones are off, but you, you we're constantly, we live in a world where information is, you know, being bought and sold second by second. And um, we need to impose what I like to call when I coach to put folks is I'm like a toxic information blackout. Okay. Right. So, if you're having an emotional stress, anxiety, energy around what's happening, you're not feeling as connected to the world. Like first and foremost, shut the freaking social media shit off. Like just take your phone. There's a, I think I've shared it with you guys in the past, or I don't even know, maybe one of you sent it to me back in the day. I don't remember, but there's this wonderful article about how to make your iPhone work for you, not against you. Mm -hmm. Like how do you shut off the notifications? How do you move apps around? How do you kind of shut down the, because it is, it's, it's an addictive personality. It, you know, it's run by the dopamine it's that hit that says like, oh, life is good. I can click on this and I can see the sun shining even if it's raining, right? Yep. Like there's some, there's some natural science to it, um, but it's literally killing us. And then on top of all that, like you need to understand, you're going to pick one or two sources you know you can trust of information and check them once or twice a day. And in my industry, my normal day-to-day -day industry in the financial services world is the worst abuser of that information because they were information brokers for decades, right? You okay. If you wanted to invest, you had to go to a financial advisor slash broker, whatever, back in the day. Sure. And they had access to the information. Now the information's everywhere. Well, guess what? The, the downside risk of that is things start flashing red. The market's tanking. Yeah. You know, Trump made an idiot comment or the vaccine's not going to get out fast enough. And then people start to, again, they don't realize it, but it's in their eyeballs. It's getting into their brains and they're like, what's going to happen to my investment account? Yeah. Am I going to be able to retire? Am I going to lose money? Oh shit. What if I do lose money? What if I can't afford to pay for my child's insulin? Now, like there's all these things that are happening inside. So again, if you have that on and it's running throughout the day and you're constantly checking notifications on your phone, all you're doing is throwing more numbers at a math problem that's being computed in your head. So you need to shut that shit down. Okay. And you're Impose putting yourself on a, a biochemical roller coaster, which I think is something that you're you're skirting around here, but maybe not everyone knows or knows to some degree. Is like it's literally designed to spike your cortisol and then mm -hmm. spike your dopamine and then spike your cortisol and then spike your mm -hmm. dopamine and just continue this cycle that then you're dependent on that roller coaster. And that's where you know I, I really like what you said about challenging yourself. And I think you know one thing that I've learned is that like. Challenging myself is not looking for a relative's political post to engage on. Like that is not <laughs> the way that you actually develop any sort of perception yeah. or challenge your brain. Like there's just you're gonna confirmation bias each other and just go slam each other. And that, I don't think that's what you're suggesting. But I think that no. idea that's like okay, let's talk to someone to actually understand. Let's go to a source that we actually trust. And I think that that phone article is great. I should see if I can find it and link it here because I've gone through the same thing. And like the best decision I've made with my phone was like I don't have Instagram, I don't have Facebook, I don't even have Safari on my phone anymore because really? I would go check Facebook with it and it's like I... Pfft my phone still does everything I need it to do and the amount of like random crap I need to Google in a day is so low and I feel like the... 
chemistry of all of that, that it's like weaning yourself off a dopamine addiction, you become so much more effective and you have more energy to put towards these other things because you're not constantly being sucked back into feeding this thing that just wants you that at a certain level, you look at the dopamine addictions of alcohol, drugs, um, and then now social media, the one thing that we're not regulating in any way towards how old people are, how much access they get to it, whatever else is social media. Um, and there was actually another Simon Sinek piece that was really interesting where he talked about sort of the developmental role in dopamine and helping people, uh, adolescents and teenagers learn to lean on other people for help that you're supposed to come into problems and people help you and that releases dopamine and you learn to lean on that but we come into problems and you get exposed to drugs or alcohol at that phase of your life and you you get addicted to your body thinks that's where you go because that's the the bias of i got dopamine out of it and now we're all getting exposed to oh that's where i go if i'm sad i'll go skim instagram if i'm struggling i'll go to facebook if i want to learn you know whatever i feel conflicted about this we go to these places but these places are not safe people in our lives who are looking out for us they're online systems for squeezing money out of us yeah, at the end of the day they're, designed, they're owned by private yeah. companies and they're trying to show you what they think you want to buy right yeah. And it's, and it's, you know, as a, as a parent right now, I'm struggling with that. You know, my oldest is 16 and uh, even the 13 year old and the eight year old, you know, they're like, Oh, they're on TikTok. Oh, it's just, you know, people putting funny videos up. I'm like, it's not people putting funny videos. I mean, it, it is, it is yeah. it, 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 at its core, but they're all product placements. Oh, they're all like, dude. you know, design, these people are doing things to show you how awesome their lives are. And, and you like, how do you have the conversation with an eight year old about the fact that that person posted that video to make themselves feel better about what's really bothering them. Like mm-hmm. that's a deeply nuanced conversation. So, you know, and then my wife and I are like, well, we'll screw it. Like, we'll just shut all that shit off. Like they don't have access to it. I'm like, we can't shelter them from it either. Like we sure. need to explain to them what it is and expose them to it. And, you know, I, I, I there's, look, we, you guys know my rock and roll background, right? Mm-hmm. There are a few things I haven't experimented with, right? Sure. And in due time and at that point in their lives, if they ever feel like they want to experiment in any of those things, I'm like, I need you to come to me and tell me that you want to do it. And we'll find a safe way for you to experience it. And you can find out if it's right for you. Right. Um, so long as it's healthy, there's certain things that are just completely off the table because they're ridiculous and they could kill you. But you know, um, there, there's a controlled environment and a use for some of those things. And social media can be a really powerful tool to use as a business owner for myself. Yep. And, and Evan, I know like you've used it for, you know, to further your career and to, to move yourself up as have you Rome, Right. But like we have the perspective of, we know what it's designed for. And it's challenging when you have people that have grown up in a culture where that is like, that's pop culture. Yeah. Pop culture used to be like turning on the fucking TV and seeing who's going to perform a New Year's Eve, like, you know, Dick Clark's rock and Eve and like who had the number one hit single and what's the most popular show. Now it's like, Oh, do you, you know, we went to some comic convention last year, um, last like November, December, like right before the world. I remember when you went, because you saw Chevy Chase there, right? Yeah, exactly. And he was completely comatose, but (laughs) his eyes still open as a whole. Yeah. Um, And I just remember my daughter was like, oh my God, she lost her mind. And I was like, she was like freaking out over this person. And I was like, looking around, I'm like, who the fuck are you looking yeah, you're, at? Where's this like, person? Who, where am like, I? <laughs> that girl has 20 million followers on, on maybe it was TikTok or something or YouTube or something. I don't know. And, and she does all these videos and she dressed and, and it was totally harmless, but I was sure. like, who? 
Yeah. Who the fuck is this? Like, who are you freaking out about? Like, it's totally. And he's like, oh, you know. And then, like, kids that year were asking for certain things for Christmas because they watched these people eat them on their channels yeah, or yep. drink them on their channel. I'm like, this is all commoditized. It's yeah. uh, it's how they're, you know, pushing these products. And and why do you think those people got that stuff for free? Like, yeah. but again, how far down that rabbit hole do you go with kids that don't understand the logic behind it? And those, I think the yeah. the positive in this as I've talked to educators, especially in our district and in districts around here, they're starting to weave this in at a middle school and a high school level oh, into great. like business and economics and, and their teaching of like, listen, why do you think you see this person sponsored by G Fuel? What is G, you know, like, what is that crap? And yeah, they send it to that kid for free and he's been drinking it on camera because they want you to go to your parents and tell them that you need that drink. Like, so they're, they're working some of that stuff in in the way that they would explain advertising, which is cool, but I think we're still, you know, a, a decent ways away from from really getting that under control. So that blacking that out, blocking that out where you can, you know, checking it. I'm not saying you don't check it. You don't look at it at all. Mm-hmm. Checking on it once or twice a day, you know, can significantly help finding ways to recreate uh, or recreate recreation as we've been doing in this pandemic. Yeah. Um, can certainly help there. And, and to that point, Evan, about challenging people, you know, like Rome, uh, now you're going to know I do it, but sometimes I come in and we're working out. I'm like, Hey man, what are your thoughts on, something in your realm of, you know, fitness or wellness. And you're like, Oh, you know, like belts. I'm like, Hey man, like, what's your, what's your stance on like on belts? Like, should I get a belt? And you're like, dude, not yet. I I know. And and by the way, so then my questioning around it is not in a combative way. I'm like, tell me the history behind why that even exists, dude. And you're like, all right, yeah. All right. And we go down this thing and I'm like, sweet. I learned something and I was challenging myself and I was challenging you in a way to explain to some, me to something that I had no idea, like I didn't know anything about it. I just thought you put the damn thing on and it made you look cool and, you know, whatever. Um, so that's one very brief example of how I will come at something from a totally different perspective. And sometimes that blows up in my face where I'm like, hey, what do you think of this? You're like, that's a great idea. I'm like, fuck, now I got to do that. <laughs> right. Uh, I was expecting him to not want me to do that. Shit. Um, so like, those are fun ways, but I know you and I can have that conversation Absolutely. in a safe way that I'm going to either at least get my objective of having like challenged my own brain and hopefully in a sense yours to an extent. And sometimes I'm going to come out on the other side, having learned something as well that will be beneficial to my long-term success. Hell yeah, yeah. man. I like it. I like the challenging thing. I like, yeah. I mean, I, I did not know that um, educators are teaching kids finally about what social media really is. Um, a saying I heard a while ago is if anybody gives you a product for free, you're most likely the product. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. you are what That's we're serving brilliant. the people. Right. It's brilliant. Well, that yeah, that's right. so, I think people too, like, it's interesting how I feel like little, and maybe there's more transparency now I've seen on like YouTube and stuff, but even I was just, while I was running here, I was listening to a podcast uh, with this guy who owns a music label and he was saying that a, th- a million streams on Spotify is like $3,000. And my immediate reaction was like, million. that's not a lot of money. Like that's For a million streams, like, that's tough. Right, if you can crank out, you know, a couple songs a month or whatever, like you get to a consistent couple million a month, then that's something. But I think uh, like I've always heard the things people that are like, oh, you get YouTube views. And like, I get a hundred bucks from YouTube. That's not sure. like, you're not gonna pay your bills doing that, you know? And like yeah. when you get to yeah. these top tiers, maybe you can, but I think the amount of people who are like, 
oh, these guys are getting views, they have followers, I see them with their sponsorships, whatever. It's like a lot of these people aren't even hardly paying their bills. They're like on the verge of financial collapse constantly. But, but they got a sick car, so you think they, they have yeah. everything. Right, which is another <laughs> it's, it's, another rabbit hole. But yeah. it's just funny because I was just listening it's to the thing about Spotify and I was like, man, that is not a lot of money. No. Imagine if you sold a million effort. albums, how much money you'd make versus a million streams now. And so it's just a whole different yeah. game. really is. Yeah, I, 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 I won't say the name because I don't want to like... No, I don't know if they would listen, but I don't want to get into their personal business, but I have a lot of friends still that are professional musicians and I have one that did their like 20, 20 year in review and they had, um, along the same lines, they had like 42 million <clears throat> streams on Spotify. Wow. So I texted my friends who are in the, like two of the guys in particular that I still talk to almost weekly. And I was like, Hey, congrats. And I sent them the screen grab and I was like, just curious, what does this equate to monetarily? And he replied back and he's like, four grand. Wow. Four grand. Yeah. What? So so I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? God. So to put that into perspective, to your point, Evan, back when I used to, we used to, for those of you kids listening, we used to have these little discs with, with holes in the middle of them. They were called a compact <laughs> disc and they had a laser in your radio. No. Um, when I used to sell CDs on tour through a record label, I think our take was like, it was still paltry, but it was like $2 and 10 cents sure. for mm. every like $12 CD that you sold. Sure. So if I sold 2000 CDs, which was a, like a typical week on tour, if not like a couple of nights, if you were on a decent tour and you got good exposure and you were decent enough, um, I made what my friend just made in a fucking year sure. with 42. Now, now there's, now there's the promotional end of it. Like, and I give this person credit. He, I was like, oh man, they, so it really is that bad. He's like, yeah, it's fucking, it's, it's like brutal. But that's at the same tough. time, 42 million people listened to my shit last year. That's I'm like, yeah, cool. dude, that's amazing. So there's like a, there's a, the megaphone, you know, approach to the marketing that comes from it. But unfortunately it's an inverse of that in terms of how the cash funnels back to the artists. And then you yeah. see, and I, it was probably part of, actually, Evan, text me that podcast. I'm curious to, uh, I'd love to listen to it. Cause yeah. I'd, I'd love listening to that shit, especially having been in that business. Like that, it, it's like, the problem is then they come back and like, oh, well there's licensing and there's, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And then you see like the people who run these companies, again, the perception of have these massive mansions and drive these fancy ass cars and do all this crazy stuff. And you're like, really? There's not enough money to give back to the artist? Why? Right. Like, how, how explain that to me. Yeah. Um, and then when you, and when your counter argument is, well, people could download it illegally, at least they're getting paid for it. That's bullshit. Right. Right. Like, I could break into Romeo Athletics and work out for free yeah. at three o'clock in the morning if I really wanted to with that same logic. Like, yeah, right. people really download Rome would find Rome's anymore? camera would pick it up. He'd come to my house and kick my ass. But, yeah. like, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, it's not, that's not justification for your business, for a shitty business. Model. Right. I agree. And I feel like to your, the pirating music has died down, I feel like significantly in the last decade where, like, there's so many things like Spotify and shit like that where it's like a low monthly rate. Yeah. You get so Amazon music. You get so much music for it. They just yeah. made it cheap enough that there's no motivation to go through the effort of pirating things at this point. It's the same thing that like, 
I mean, when I started out with what I was doing, I had like a cracked version of Adobe Photoshop because sure. Photoshop was like four grand when I was sixteen, and it was like <laughs> I don't have that sort of money. <laughs> yeah. And then a yeah. few years in, they changed it to where you basically pay like thirty to fifty bucks a month, and you get all Adobe software. And it was like, okay, well, I can justify that if I'm doing this in any degree yeah. of professional stuff. But I'm sure there was a point where it was like we're just losing so much money to people stealing this yep. stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's it's just crazy, and I feel like we're on a total tangent here yeah, now about right. like internet business models. <laughs> but it was another interesting thing. I'll, I'll definitely send you that interview, but he was talking about they run this massive YouTube channel, right? And millions and millions and millions of views. And he said their monthly revenue from AdSense on YouTube is th- about $30,000, which is like a good amount of money on YouTube. Sure. And if you take YouTube by itself, but yeah. he said that it takes, they have a 25 person team running their channel, oh, wow. which comes out to $1,200 a person a month. Yeah. Which, wow. you know, divided by four, you're each getting paid 300 bucks a week potentially. Like, presumably they're doing other things than that, but it's not like you're rolling in millions yeah, as a single really person, tough. you know? Like, and I think that's another thing that people don't understand is like you're not a single dude who's gonna go open toys you know like that one crazy kid and make millions at this point you're competing against big businesses big channels you know these the youtube especially i think at this point is run by like uh you know whatever the fashion companies the like those those big agencies that are now just like cranking media out and it's 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 tooth and nail, and so that's another like side conversation. But it's just whenever I see people now, the number of kids who come up to me are like, "I like what you do, and I want to start a YouTube channel." It's like that's cool. I wouldn't hedge your business yeah. bets on that or you anything. Should find a job too. Yeah, like if <laughs> you, you can find a way find to a job. do YouTube yeah. as a part of your business model, that's one thing. But like, yeah. YouTube and Instagram are not the the businesses that yeah. I think lots of kids and even adults think they are. Absolutely. Well, and if and if you're listening to this and you and you're a big fan of music, like whatever you can to support these people, like what I've been doing is I'm going out. I own my wife busts my balls now because she's like, "How many fucking t-shirts do you own?" I'm like, <laughs> "Look, it's a twenty dollar investment directly to the band, but like, you go on the website and I'm like, oh, I know these people aren't touring, and and I have friends that what in to your point, Evan, of like, you know, okay, thirty thousand dollars a month in AdSense revenue, but there's twenty five people running that channel, right? If there's like hundreds of people that are dependent on performing arts, whether it be through theater, whether it be through music, whether it be through a, a number of different things, right? Um, there's crews and there's producers and there's people that literally have made a living because they've never had it all disrupted before, where they can't earn right now. Mm-hmm. Like these bands aren't on tour and and people like and it's so funny because I have friends that are like you know, fuck Pearl Jam. They charge 15 bucks to watch a simulcast of a show from three years ago. And then Pearl Jam comes out and says, yeah, we're, we're do- every dollar of this is going to our crew sure. because they can't earn right now. Yeah, we can't like, have a stage set it, up and we're not traveling and touring, so they need to make money. And, and like, and it costs, you know, I have a friend, I have a lot of friends that are still doing that as an industry. And like when the pandemic struck in March, um, there was a friend of mine was out with a very, very large artist who had just started her worldwide tour and they had to pull it down and it cost them two and a half million dollars to stop the tour. Wow. Like you, you don't realize how much is in motion already. Right. Like they lost two and a half million dollars canceling man. the tour. Not not the ability to earn the two and a half million. It fucking cost them two and a half oh, million geez. to come off the road. Like it's crazy to think about and people don't, and I say this all the time in my, in my day-to-day industry, people don't understand how most people get paid. Like you just think doctors are a specialty and they get paid a ton of money because they can save people's lives. It's like, well, there's a nuance to it and there's a business model. And then there's all these different things. Same thing with artists and, and any sort of profession. Like you just don't realize 
what, you know, how, how these businesses work and what, what gets these people paid. So if, you know, if you're a fan of art, if you're a fan of music, if you're a fan of Broadway, like if you got 10 bucks and you can go buy a freaking you know, record off of a, well, it's going to cost a lot more than 10 bucks for a record now because the vinyl's blown up, but you get my point. Yeah, you know, if you got course. 20 bucks, you can go online to their website and order something from them. That literally helps those individuals out because who the hell knows when you're going to be able to get those productions up and operational again by the time all these lawyers and doctors and everybody come in and tell you when you can do it safely. So 100% kind of crazy. Um, but, uh, you know, just in, and just thinking about that from a kind of putting a bow on the energy stuff sure. uh, in terms of sustainability and performance and whatnot, the, the tip of that pyramid that we started four and a half hours ago, um, <laughs> is this spiritual realm. Okay. And, and when I talk about spirituality, people are like, oh, he's talking about religion. And it might be sure. for you. For me, it's not. Um, for me, it actually is music and it's my community service, which, um, you know, how do I, it kind of like the apex of, of Maslow's hierarchy, right? Self-actualization um, for those of you that are familiar, right? So how do you kind of go from basic human needs all the way up through and then you get to self-actualization where you want to be around other individuals who are like-minded and, this is where Simon Sinek stuff really comes in, Evan, too, right? Of like, why do you do what you do and face these challenges and whatever? For me, that's to bring arts and entertainment into the communities that don't have it or that don't have great access to it, which is why I spend so much time at the, at the community music school in Springfield. Um, being able to devote my time there, being able to volunteer there, being able to teach there, have my children participate there, that replenishes my spiritual energy. Like you have to understand the, the like the meaning. It's the whole Viktor Frankl thing, right? Like I have to understand the meaning of why I do what I do and what the, like my purpose is. And I don't necessarily believe, again, for some folks, it does go to religion. I, that's the thing I get all the time. They're like, oh, you're going to talk to me. About, I'm like, dude, I'm not talking. Yeah, I'm not talking to you about be, specifically but not, spirituality in that be. realm. I'm talking about like, what is actually going to lift your spirits? What is going to make you feel fulfilled? Sure. And that might be going to church. For a lot of people, it is. I'm like, that's fantastic. Um, for me, it's a little bit more than that. It's like, how do I get more involved in a community? How do I help leave the world a better place? Um, how do I do that through my natural tools and talents? So consulting pro bono for startups that have a world purpose, right? Sure. Whether they be tech startups, whether they be pharmaceutical, whether they be you know in healthcare, whether they be business startups that could help change the, you know, the environment, make the world a better place for my kids and my grandkids and their kids, right? Like I'm in, cool. I'll, I'll do what I can to ask the right questions and help guide your business to grow. Um, what can I do to bring those arts and entertainment back into a community that was lacking them for so many years? Like 110% in, like I'll spend a shit ton of time there. Um, but you have to understand that purpose and why you do what you do, which goes back to the Simon Sinek thing that everyone was talking about. Um, before you can align that. So for some, a lot of folks, it could be just, you know, straight up volunteering, giving back. It could be donating things, whether it be donating money. I was just given a great example. Like, Hey, if you really like a band, you know, can't tour right now, go on their website and buy a t-shirt sure. if you can afford to do so. And it's not going to, you know, break your bank. I realize everybody's struggling right now, but like that means a lot to that system because if a couple thousand people do that, that's money that they would have gotten potentially from coming through your town. And yeah. they're not going to do that for the next couple of years. So how can you give back or give your energy in a way that is expending it, but actually by doing so replenishes your spirit and your, and your, and your energy. So um, that's, that's a lot of what we talk about there. And that's a much deeper conversation for most people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's usually where we, we dive into, 
I, I get off, you know, like often get asked if I travel around with a black leather couch, like the one Rome's <laughs> sitting on right now, right? And dim the lights, That'd get on a little pad, put on a turtleneck, like, tell me about your deepest. Oh, I thought you were going a different way with the whole black couch. You're thing. talking about the casting couch? <laughs> uh, I was not talking about the casting couch. Although I can't help but notice that the poster over your shoulder is spelled incorrectly. Is that intentional? Where is it? Where is it spelled? It, it does. Awesome is missing an E. What I think the they just <laughs> made it fit on the, the poster. That's so funny. We're really, we're, we're on tangents e? of things that. Why is there no E? This is. <laughs> This is an audio what the podcast. Fuck is that? Everybody, everybody is listening right now is like, what in the hell are these guys talking about? Yeah. The, um, poster over Rome's well, shoulder. So that says wrapping awesome. back to the uh, the spiritual thing, what I find is super interesting is I joke a lot, and it's somewhat joking, somewhat real, that I joke that um, the gym is my church, but for, through the gym, we do a ton of charity work where we give back and we, we give through different mm-hmm. charities and communities and fundraise. And like it, so it really does come full circle where like that is what recharges me is the charity work that the gym does a lot of the time. Um, I feel bad for this past year. We haven't been able to do nearly as much of it as normal, but next year we'll be back on ball with it. We'll be right. back on point. Do twice as well, much. and it's a do it's a cycle, right? It's the the idea of you know coming back into the whole energy thing, and even where we started this is you take in so that you have room to give out. And by giving out, you have more room to take in. And so you learn and we talk to people for the interest of of helping other people. And that allows you to pay the bills, which allows you to keep helping people. And so it's all part of this energy cycle that you're existing in. It's not just a, uh, you know, linear up to the top and then now we're yep. done, you know, you're in a flow. And I think that's some of what you were addressing at the beginning, Jay, was just this idea that yeah. we're, we're in a system and viewing it as a system. You have to make that, that whole system run smoothly and in a circle and it can't just go in one direction and then stop because that's where you end up hating yeah. yourself and dying. Well, <laughs> and, and that's, and that's where I ultimately, why, you know, I tell, say to people, you know, draw and, and kind of take notes on that pyramid. And then when we're done with it, I say, you know, what I want you to do is I want you to start at the bottom and I want you to draw a circle around it. And I want you to break that circle with an arrow right back where it started, because it needs to be you know, for me personally, again, this is my own personal take. It's not going to work for everybody, but walking out into my garage right? Picking up a trap bar, throwing some weight on it, whatever, working out, doing whatever I need to do, going for a run, pulling the, I hate running. So pulling the erg down, doing whatever, right? Like that centers me and makes me realize that by doing that, I'm going to have more physical energy. By having more physical energy, I'm going to be able to pay more attention to the things and the people that need my attention. I'm then going to be feel, I'm going to feel more fulfilled emotionally and connected to people. And I'm going to have the ability to do those things I want to do in the community, which is going to fill that spirit. Like yep. I understand goes full circle. the continuous circle of like, I can get so caught up in the spiritual stuff of like, this is amazing. This is a giving time of year. And we did these great things for these families who, you know, yeah. like this is, this is that time of year where most people actually feel very fulfilled because they're just a simple act of gifting something to someone right? Showing gratitude, showing appreciation, um, you know, those sorts of things like doing, I always do these experiments with my kids when we used to be able to travel a lot and, and, um, we would go to Boston every, not that Boston's like crazy traveling, but, but we would spend a weekend in Boston with another friend of ours and his wife. Um, he's at, was actually on my rowing team. Both of you guys met him, yep. uh, last summer. And, um, he would do this really fun thing with the kids where he would give them each 20 bucks, but broken out into singles and fives. And he was like, share these with people that you feel deserve it over the course or that you want to recognize over the course of the weekend. And at first I was like, what the hell? You know? And and then I started thinking about it. I was like, man, you know, and it was challenging my kids to stop and think about like, 
Did the person who held the door for you at the hotel, like you want to tip them? Cool. But like, what's the meaning behind giving them the money? Sure. And then if you saw somebody who looked like they were struggling and they hadn't eaten in a while, did you want to give them the money because you wanted them to eat? Or if somebody was really nice to you, did you want like, so it, it yeah. really got you thinking about how do you show and express gratitude? And of course that was tied to, to money, but there was a small amount of money tied to it to get you to think differently. And when I chat, when I asked him about it, he's like, well, I do it through money because that's the thing that people most closely associate gratitude with. Hmm. Like I did a good job at work. So I got paid more money. Yep. I did something nice for you at a restaurant. So you left me a tip. Yeah. I brought you your food. You left me a tip. I smiled and told you you look pretty today and you gave me extra money. Um, I want to then challenge the kids to think about how else do you recognize? So if you really see that there's a lot of people who are struggling in a particular area, giving money is not always going to be the best answer. Yep. Maybe it's bringing your skill set in to help them do something that's going to fundamentally give them the opportunity to not struggle as much. So like it was kind of a gate, money was the gateway for him to teaching gratitude, which I have carried that. He started that tradition with them 10 plus years ago and we still do it now. We just find other ways to do it. So we did it as a family around Christmas. We're like, do we want to donate time? Which is hard because yeah. you can't do a lot of things. Especially right this year. You know, money is actually the easiest thing to do this year because you can make a monetary contribution to something. But we found ways to go out as a family and say, okay, we would normally deliver meals on Thanksgiving morning um, through Greater Springfield, like through their food pantry. We couldn't do that this year. So we went and we bought a bunch of food to bring to the food pantry cool. so that they could actually get that out to people, right? Yeah. So like, we just had to be more creative with it. Um, but how do you, again, like how do you get it into that cycle of you can get so caught up in that and, and I think that's the dangerous spiral that you, that people get into is like, well, I can just throw money at the problem. Sure. Or if I just, like, I can be a shit, <laughs> I don't want to say this out loud, but like, I can be a shitty person for 11 months of the year, but if I'm good in December. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. like, I'm a good person, right? No, you're a fucking shitty person yeah. that has a decent heart. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, how do you, how do you, you know, like understand, how do you pay attention to the rest of those things and not just getting wrapped up in the, in the spirit of giving and Christmas and Hanukkah and all those great things things. But anyway, we can go down those, those holiday rabbit holes, I'm sure. But I, you know, that's how I look at energy. And again, everything that we've talked about, whether it be leadership, like, you know, commitments, what are you committing to? How are you providing the environments, et cetera? Like, you know, there's, there's a lot of that, it, but again, it has to come back to, if you're going to lead something, if you're leading an organization or you're leading a family or you're leading a gym or you're leading a church, like you need to have energy. And you need to be able to replenish that energy in a way that naturally works for how you are hardwired. It's not a competence thing. It's not a skill thing. It's, it's an introspective look on how you as a human being are naturally designed and every one of us is unique, right? We're all snowflakes, whatever, whatever you're going to say, right? Um, although snowflakes has taken a negative turn for recent years, but like we're all unique. We're unicorns. Um, and then understanding how that is you know, re depleted from you and ultimately replenished. And that's a, a critical component. And you can break it into those four elements. Um, you can do assessments. There's quick ways that you can kind of, again, the physical one's the easiest one. Like yeah. if you don't, if you don't work out, if you don't, I don't even Just say you have to work out. If you don't even walk, you know, like if you're, if you're not oscillating, you're not in motion, like you're probably really struggling in the physical energy. And, and if you don't have a solid base there, you can't build on the mental and the emotional and the spiritual. And if you're, you know, some of the folks I know are going to listen to this that are in amazing physical shape that take care of their bodies and really focus on all those things. Great. Is it the yeah. mental component? And maybe you do have the mental, you know, challenges in the, 
in the ways to keep your brain sharp. And maybe it's more of the emotional and the connection and the reconnection with people and, you know, those sorts of things. So you can kind of guess where you can take a step back and look at where you think your energy is being depleted from the most. And then there's just a couple of quick things you can do in each of those levels of that energy pyramid to get you back on the right side of at least positive momentum and oscillation. Um, and there's obviously way deeper than we probably have time to go through now, but hopefully we gave everybody some stuff to think yeah, about today. Absolutely. Um, and I'm always happy, as you guys know, like, you're like, dude, you want to come back on the podcast? You want me to talk? I like to talk. <laughs> um, always happy to talk to people if anybody ever wants to, you know, chat or jam on some of these things. No, I think, uh, Jay, I think you laid out a really great framework for people to kind of self-diagnose themselves out of these four levels. Where am I missing something and where can I make up some ground to make a fulfilled and thriving life? Whereas if I'm missing one of these four, well, I'm probably not going to thrive as well as I could be. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, to what you said, Jay, um, you're probably more of an expert in this particular than we are. But if anyone's listening and feels a deficiency in any of those things, like I know for myself, there was a long time where the spiritual level felt like a gap that I didn't know how to fill. I'm happy to talk about my experience with that with anyone who maybe feels uncomfortable with that. I'm sure Jay is as well. Um, but yeah, just, just talking to another human being too. So if that's shooting someone an email or a random FaceTime call or whatever, because I think sometimes it can be hard to say, okay, I get that my physical part isn't great or I get that my mental, but like, what do I do about that? And, you know, obviously we've given some next steps, but just getting into talking to someone who can help you can be a huge step in actually moving in a better direction. I agree. Yeah. Everything, everything in life starts with a conversation. So what, I say that professionally all the time, but it, it really is. I mean, it it's... And, and most of us, again, are hardwired against confrontation or we don't want to feel stupid or we don't want people to think we're stupid, so we don't want to ask for help. I mean, I think back to when I started working out with Rome. I was just like, you know what, dude? I, I, I coach people. I know I need a coach. I need you to literally write out what I need to be doing and I'll just do it yep. and I'll trust the process, right? And some people just need a couple of good ideas and they're like, I got the muscle memory and it doesn't have to be physical. I'm talking Anything, emotional, yeah. mental, spiritual, whatever, right? Like they might just need a couple of good ideas to get them kickstarted and they're off. If you're like me, you know, you, you need somebody to sit down and say, dude, do this. Yeah. <laughs> have you thought about this? If you do this and you think this way, you'll see progress and then you can build upon that. So right. I think that's a that's a, a critical component. Definitely. Well, I feel like it's, finding me in Rome is pretty easy. What's the best way if anyone does want to talk to you for them to reach out to you? Um, I mean, honestly, you can just shoot me an email. Um, it's, it's, uh, we can probably link it now when you guys post this. I don't know. I'm happy to, I mean, I'm happy to say, it. I mean, it's, it's just J S. So letter J letter S is in Steven. And then my last name, Therian T H E R R I E N at gmail.com. You can always just fire me an email, you know? And, and again, you guys can link that up when you post this too. Like I'm more than happy if people want to reach out, shoot me a note. That's my personal email address. Um, please don't spam me, but, uh, no promises. That also, shit ton of spam. <laughs> I, I, th I throw that out. I, I throw that out a lot in, in every, actually more frequently now, um, folks will fire me an email. Hey, I heard, you know, do you talk about this? Do you have a minute to jam on something? That's I'm awesome. like, yeah, cool. That's like, great. Yosh is going to sign up for tiny house, tiny house monthly. <laughs> <laughs> Yosh, I think, is actually coming to my garage tomorrow from a distance yeah. to work through work. So I'm, I, he texted me earlier. He's like, what's your address? And I was like, 
want to give Yosh. <laughs> <laughs> that was God, the correct response. Me. I love Yosh. I love Yosh. Yeah, I thought he had my address actually, but apparently he hadn't been here before. You know, busy posting about tiny houses. Absolutely. Cool, man. Well, thank exactly. you so much for your time. Hopefully this was helpful for people. I know I got a lot out of it and I feel like we should talk more often in general, honestly. But uh, looking forward to 2021, <laughs> seeing what it looks like for everyone involved. So thanks for being our last guest of the year. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was good to yeah, talk man. to you. Thanks for having me, guys. I of mean, course. quite honestly, this is this is this is energy for me. Awesome. Like being able to just sit with the two of you guys and just we we would have these conversations over text or over Zoom anyway, or when we're in the gym. So, like having this structured and scheduled like, allowed my brain to be like, yeah, this is the stuff I want to talk about with these guys. Let's awesome. let's have some fun. So I appreciate you guys having me back on. This was a lot of fun. Awesome, dude, thanks, thank man. Thank you, dude, and have a great new year. I'll catch you, Jay, next Tuesday. Sounds good, guys. All right, thanks, everyone. Have a good one, dude.